We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue wire. It wouldn't fly swatter be easier. Man who catch fly with chopstick accomplish anything. You ever catch one? Not yet. Can I try? <laughs> if wish. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast breaking down the on-field action of your favorite sports movies, brought to you by the Blue Wire Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Bandujo. We're taking it back to the 80s this week. We're doing Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita. I say Ralph Macchio because I spent the first half of this episode mispronouncing his name and calling him Ralph Macchio, which is, uh, well, it's just embarrassing. But anyways, uh, today we had on uh, Mike Camerlengo. You might remember him from the episode covering Rookie of the Year a few weeks back. Mike has been killing it lately with his video series 60 Second Classics, where he breaks down a classic movie in a minute. It's garnered him a lot of attention on social media, including from Lin-Manuel Miranda. We put a 60 Second Classic for Karate Kid in this episode, so if you enjoy that, Go follow him on social media. Check out his YouTube account, which I'll link in the show notes. Reminder that I'm taking listener requests via Twitter or Instagram. That's at big underscore screen sport on Twitter and big screen sports pod on Instagram for an episode in November. Reach out. Let me know what movies you guys want covered. Big thanks to everyone who's already reached out with some suggestions. I've heard some Any Given Sunday, you know, some Moneyball, even got a Lords of Dogtown request, which I love. So if y'all want to, you know, stand for Lords of Dogtown for November, I'm all for it. Uh, you know, keep the requests coming. Eventually, I'll put out a poll with the finalists, and, and we'll all pick a movie together. I also want to hear from you guys on what sports movies you're currently watching. If there's something coming on TV one night, you know, shoot me a tweet so I can RT it and, uh, you know, give us all a great rewatch opportunity. There's nothing better than catching a sports movie on TV, just dialing it in for two hours. Uh, you know, Legend of Bagger Vance was on Golf Channel the other night. I love that. And if, every time it's on, I'm going to turn it on. It's the same with a lot of sports movies. Whenever Replacements is on TBS, 
you know, holler at me uh, and 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 let me share that with the listeners so everyone who likes sports movies can can dial it into a good rewatch opportunity. Make sure you check out the entire Blue Wire network for podcasts ranging from football to wrestling to gambling. And go check out Blue Wire merch. We've got a big screen sports shirt now. It's got a great Crash Davis quote on it, one of my favorites. Uh, you know, so cop that shirt. Show off, uh, show off your big screen energy. As always, you know, rate, review. You know, if you haven't yet, take a couple, you know, just a couple seconds, hit a five-star review. That'll help us grow this podcast, and it's something I'd really appreciate. And most importantly, share with your friends. If you've got, you know, if you've got that friend who you guys talk to about who's the best fictional quarterback, you know, you, maybe you're a uh, Shane Falco guy, he's a John Moxon guy, share that with, the, you know, share this podcast with them. Uh, you know, help us, help us grow this thing. But uh, with that, it's time to talk to Karate Kid with Mike Camerlengo. All right, my guest for today's episode. He was my guest a couple weeks back when we covered Rookie of the Year. He's a comedy writer and creator of 60 Second Classics, which you can find on YouTube and Instagram. Mike Camerlengo, Mike, thank you so much for returning to Big Screen Sports. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm looking forward to... uh... Talk about one of the best movies of all time after our Rookie of the Year uh, podcast. This movie's aged a lot better than Rookie of the Year in a lot of ways. It's it's really enjoyable. I mean, we're doing Karate Kid, but before we talk Karate Kid, Mike, uh, tell the folks what you've been up to and tell them where they can find 60 Second Classics. So, yeah, if you go on Twitter, my name is just M Camerlingo, uh, C-A-M-E-R-L-E-N-G-O, putting up a lot of videos, uh, like you mentioned, 60 Second Classics, which is basically just a quick summary of old movies that everyone's seen with lots of jokes, and it's fun. I'm also doing these like scene breakdowns where I will talk through it like I'm doing a film study, so I broke down like the Zack and Slater Saved by the Bell fight and the Windows 95 launch, which got some love on Twitter, uh, and also Instagram. Go to 60 Second Classics. All my videos are there. And Bam, there's be, my plug. Uh, yeah, I'll be tweeting out the uh, the Karate Kid 60 Second Classics from this account. And obviously you and I were talking the Karate Kid, uh, the 1984, I guess, action karate movie. I don't even just a, like a teen movie kind of. But um, yeah. normally I sum up the movie, but instead we'll kick it to Mike's 60 Second Classic. Daniel LaRusso moves from Jersey to California and thinks he's going to crush it when a roided-up Zach Morris lookalike hits him with a welcome to the OC, bitch. Daniel doesn't care and shows off some dope-ass knee juggling and in the 1980s is code for my mom's out of town on Saturday. Do you want to do sex? Johnny and his crew don't like that and use their dirt bikes to drive Danny Boy off a cliff to his likely death. But he survives and at the Halloween dance he gets back at Skeleton Johnny by spraying water on him as he's doing the old get high, pinch a loaf. The boys are about to uppercut Daniel into heaven when the neighborhood repairman pops out of nowhere and is like, I don't care if I'm going to be on the local news. I'll work a bunch of 17-year-olds right now. They figure out a truce and decide to settle things like gentlemen at a sanctioned karate tournament by the strip mall. So Mr. Miyagi teaches Daniel the good shit by making him paint a fence, wash his car, and pretend he's in the opening credits to a Cinemax flick called The Boy Down the Street. At the tournament, the Cobra Kai shitbags decide to cheap shot Daniel, and we get lots of great tight shots of a dude who definitely steals Percocet from his grandmother's nightstand. Daniel gets hurt and may have to forfeit when he asks Miyagi to use his special healing hands. And Miyagi's like, okay, dude, but this is on the record, right? I don't want to see anything in the papers about weird touching. I was already on Channel 4 for crushing that kid's voice box, and I'm getting a bad rep. So he does it, and Daniel hits Johnny with a crank kick to the face, and the dude's like, hey, man, sorry for all the attempted murders. It's hard to move cross country. You deserve happiness. All right, Karate Kid got an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes, starred Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita, Elizabeth Shue, William Zabka as Johnny Lawrence. Ralph Macchio was 22 during, uh, during filming, playing a high school student. Do you know what the, the, wild, the, the most wild Ralph, Ralph Macchio age thing is, though? He was 31 when My Cousin Vinny came out. What? That is nuts. 
Yeah, my cousin Vinny came out. He looks the exact same age. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I empathize with him. Like, I am, I I've been cursed with a baby face, and so like (laughs) I get that all the time. And I think that's that's one of like I've listened to some interviews of his before, and I think that's one of the things that kind of like gave his career a big hold up in the '90s because suddenly he was like he he still looked like a you know a teenager, but he's he's getting close to forty. Um, but he wasn't yeah, beer I mean, league, how, which I, I wonder how old he was in, in the outsiders. Uh, so the outsiders came out a year before this, um, the 21. So he's, yeah. He's probably right around 20. Yeah. 2021 20, when it was, uh, was filmed this movie, the budget for karate kid was 8 million, a gross 90 million, which is 243 million adjusted for inflation. So karate kid made bank it was directed by John G. Avildsen. And then the karate kid is a semi auto autobiographical biographical i'm just gonna butcher every word tonight (laughs) uh story based on the life of its screenwriter robert mark Kamen. at age 17 after the 1964 new york world's fair Kamen was beaten up by a gang of bullies he thus began to study martial arts in order to defend himself Kamen was unhappy with his first teacher who taught martial arts as a tool for violence and revenge that sounds like someone we know from this movie so he moved on to study okinawan karate under a japanese teacher not speak english but was himself a student of Chojin Miyagi. And uh, so Robert Mark came in, so he's got, he, he writes Karate Kid, he's, uh, and he produces the others, but it wasn't, it wasn't just that. Like, in his career, he goes on to also create, uh, write the, uh, the Transporter movies. Oh, wow. And uh, Taken. So this guy's whole career, like, th- these bullies who beat him up just gave him this life's mission to write movies about people kicking the shit out of other people. Wow, seriously, what a what a uh, what a career that what a range of movies. But you're right, it all has that through line of like, hey, you know, tables a turn, motherfucker. Yeah, he lives for it. He just absolutely lives for this shit. <laughs> uh, but before we get into the movie, Mike, for you, what makes a good sports movie? I cannot remember if I asked you this when we did Rookie of the Year. So if I did, just tell the folks again. I don't know if we ever talked about that, but I think a good sports movie. I think it has to be a good movie, right? First, like I. I think so meaning like the action if the action's really good it adds to it and if it's really bad it obviously takes away but even if you have good action in a sports movie it can be a bad movie so I think the thing that helps with this movie is there's like a plot there's a through line that runs through that it's a good movie and then it helps that the karate is also good yeah I think this movie still would have been been good even if the karate was even a little more cheesy but it's not too bad i mean obviously like i don't think either of us is a karate expert like i'm not going to the dojo when we finish recording but uh you know it's it's feasible enough for you is this a hall of fame an all-star a starter or a bench warmer i mean i think it's a hall of fame movie maybe it's just because i watched it so much as a kid but i also watched rookie of the year and to me this i go back and i watch the karate kid and it holds up i think it's like a good movie it it brings you back. It has that like nostalgia thing, but it's also a pretty well structured movie. Like, you know, the acting's really good in it. The sports part is pretty good. Like you said, I, all I know from karate is high kick and a low kick. That's you know that's my lingo, and uh, and it has Elizabeth Shue in it. So those three things, Hall of Fame all day. So I'm torn. Because it like for me, it's a Hall of Fame movie, but it doesn't feel like a traditional sports movie. I'm obviously you know I'm covering it on the podcast. It's got action, but it's I don't like it's a Hall of Fame movie, but it feels weird to be like this is a Hall of Fame movie, just like you know Major League is a Hall of Fame sports movie. 
So, yeah, like if you yeah. said if if you're like give me your top five sports movies, I probably wouldn't say this. And then if someone was like, "What about Karate Kid?" I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that is a sports movie." That's what I would, you know, that's kind of how I would think of it. Yeah, it's still uh, it's just this movie's so good. It's really good to rewatch. Um, for my listeners, I, I try to point out where I've seen this. So I actually had to rent this on Amazon because we're recording this, you know, a couple weeks before this episode actually comes out. But I believe it is coming on Netflix on October fifteenth. So if uh, you haven't seen Karate Kid in a while, you can uh, you can go check it out for free with um, with you know your uncle's Netflix account. But do you think the Karate Kid is like? Do you think it holds up for younger people? Like if an eleven year old watched this Karate Kid, not the Jaden Smith one, do you think they would like it? I think it would. It's not like crazy dated, right? Like there, I mean, there's obviously stuff that's like super eighties, but it's not like you know. It's not dated in the sense of this is super cheesy and stuff. Like I still think it's really good. I mean, I'll so my kid's about to be six, so in like four or five years, we'll kind of see. I'll get back to you on that. But yeah. I, I like I think it still holds up. I, I would think that that a a young kid would still like this movie. Yeah, I'm curious. I think I think you're right. It's not cheesy, and it has a lot of the themes that like any kid would have um, with like bullying and all that stuff. I, I think where some of these older movies run into trouble is like the pacing of it. Like, you know, a lot of these older movies are a lot slower, but I think even this one, it does kind of hit pockets of a little slower here, a little slower there. But even with that, I, I, I think they, they would like it, but who knows? Mm-hmm. So let me know when your kid turns 10. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to it. Yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you a shout on that, but you mentioned bullying. Well, I want to yeah. get into the, the first, this movie has a ton of IMDb trivia. So folks like buckle in, but the first thing I want to get into is, um, you know, kind of like the whole, like the crux of the movie. In the 30 years since the film was produced, numerous child psychologists and sociologists have theorized that Daniel was more of a bully and an instigator than Johnny. This is due to many of the scenes involving Daniel, quote, standing up for himself, in fact, being acts of retaliation against something Johnny has perceived to have done to Allie. Johnny is also observed in many of the earlier confrontations with Daniel, trying to leave and walk away from conflicts with Daniel only to have Daniel stop him and in one scene sucker punch him. Daniel's shower prank on Halloween also seems to be completely unprovoked. Lastly, Daniel, having little to no knowledge of karate tournament procedures, actually makes him a danger to others and that he could injure someone by not knowing the moves <laughs> in a tournament setting. What's your, what do you think about that theory? I mean, that's funny. I mean, like, like I said before we started this, there was like, there's like a really funny YouTube video where this dude lays out that whole thing in a really funny way, like four or five minutes. And it's really funny. And I think uh, Barney and How I Met Your Mother like says that during an episode that that's true. Um, I think it's like kind of funny, but I don't really think it's true. I think it's funny like how you can twist anything. You could make it like, you know, when people do trailers and they're like, oh, The Shining's now a comedy and they just kind of twist little things. You could say, I mean, the Halloween thing, it wasn't totally unprovoked. I mean, he was getting his ass kicked, right? Didn't he get his ass kicked at yeah. the beach? So he's like trying yeah. to get back at this dude. He's trying to impress a girl. I mean, I think there's some truth to it, but ultimately Daniel's the one who's getting fucked with. He's just trying to stick up for himself. Yeah, my two things like against this theory is the first time he meets Johnny when like when eventually Johnny kicks his ass on the beach. Johnny's being super aggressive and like domestic violence-y 
to Allie, like he smashes her stereo, which is like right. that's super fucked up. And like at that point, you don't know what that guy's gonna do next because that's a really aggressive move. That was it was nineteen eighty four. That stereo probably cost like fifteen hundred dollars. That wasn't yeah, a cheap. It wasn't a cheap stereo. Doesn't he grab her arm too? Like he's very aggressive. He's very like crazy ex boyfriend type thing. Yeah, and then when they run his ass off the road. Like, that's legit. That was, I think I wrote down at that point, like, Johnny's a legit sociopath because that, that's borderline death right there. Because that, yeah, that's, att- going, that's attempted murder right there. Yeah. So I think, and that was very unprovoked because they literally just rolled up on him and, and ran his ass off the road. So I think that kind of puts that, that category to rest. Right. But yeah, I mean, I think it's like, I don't know if people are being serious about it. Like the thing you said, I, I always thought it was kind of tongue in cheek, but, but I don't think anyone seriously thinks. I hope not, because Daniel. I mean, although he's a little bit of a hothead, he's he's obviously the victim in most of these things. When the karate thing, he signs up for the karate tournament because it was wasn't it Miyagi's way to buy him some time. Yeah, pretty much. He's like, I'll teach you karate, and then these guys won't fuck with you until the tournament. So he like bought him like three months. Yeah, it's pretty much all Miyagi's idea. The only time where Daniel is like super the aggressor. Is that, I mean, there's the soccer match. He kind of gets cheap sodded and then he really yeah. gets the best of that guy. He fucking lays it on him. But that was one where he went like zero to 60 real fast. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he, uh, I don't think he got to stay on the soccer team. No, he's done. But let's swing into IMDb trivia because, uh, because there's a lot. I already touched on this one during, uh, filming late 83. Ralph Macchio was 22. Uh, the studio wanted to drop the drunk Miyagi scene, feeling it slowed the pace down, which it, it kind of does. But uh, yeah. the director argued for it and has felt that that scene got Pat Morita uh, his Oscar, or is nominated for his Oscar. So Interesting. I, I definitely um, agree with, like, it definitely slows the movie down, but it also gives Miyagi a little bit more depth, you know what I mean? It does. I think the movie's better for that scene. Right. Yeah, it makes it makes him more three-dimensional. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it's it makes him more than kind of a um, just like a caricature or just a right. you know just a, a base yeah. character. Um, according to William Zabka, uh, the character he p- portrays Johnny, a big bully, still irks many people. Some have tried to start fights with him. He has to convince them the the role was specifically written for this movie. That's got to be tough. He, I mean, he has gone the last like thirty years as Johnny Lawrence. Yeah, and he was in, I mean, he was like the poster boy of, you know, high school douchebag in the 80s. He was in, what else? Uh, Back to School, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. He was in, I'm trying to look at his, t- uh, oh, just one of the guys. He's like a dickhead in that. He, he was just like, whenever, when everybody thought of like a dickhead jock, whatever, in the 80s, he always had blonde hair, and it was because of Zapka. And he was just crazy hateable. Yeah, Extreme. he's a good actor. That means he's a good actor. Yeah, no, he. I mean, he was. I'll go on about him. He, he, I thought he was perfect. I thought he was honestly yeah. might have been the best part of the movie. Yeah. Um, when Miyagi is drunk and celebrating an anniversary, he reveals that he served in the 442nd Regimental Combat Team of the United States Army. The unit, composed of mostly Japanese Americans, many of whom had been in internment camps, fought in Europe during World War II, became the most highly decorated unit in the history of the United States military. You've seen uh, the Ken Burns the war uh there's there's a guy from that unit who's who's one of the people that they interview and that that unit kicked ass um the last spin kick that daniel was hit with before he's saved by mr miyagi actually hit ralph macchio and hurt him so that that when they're they're beating him up when they're dressed as skeletons i took a note of that because and we can get to that when we get to it but like the most athletic 
feats in this movie. I mean, Zapka going with that fucking spin kick that went above Macho's head. I mean, God, Zap- that had to be he's that got had to be fists, six feet in the air. Yeah, he's got fists and feet of like fury. Like he just crushes yeah. it. Uh, I mean, and those might have been a stunt doubles. There was some trivia of that scene being uh, choreographed. Oh, with don't tell stunt me that. Doubles, but don't tell me that. You can tell there. They. I mean, there are some shots where it has to be him that he still looks like an absolute stud. Yeah. So uh, the uh, the referee in the final match is Patty e. Johnson, a karate expert, former student of Chuck Norris. He instructed many movie stars in karate. He's credited as the fight instructor slash choreographer for the movie. And then here's I love it. Yeah, here's a bit of trivia. No, Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I was just gonna say I love that guy. He's great. Like I, I feel like he's like I, I would listen to that guy tell me to do anything. If he was like, yo, go jump off that thing, I'd be like, you got a boss. Like I feel <laughs> like he's he's got it like he's just got that look about him. <laughs> um so this one I want to talk about. I wanted to keep this just strictly karate, like this movie, not the sequels, not the remake, not Cobra Kai. But this is the only part of Karate Kid 2 I wanted to talk about. The opening scene of Karate Kid 2 was meant to be the ending in the film, although it wasn't shot until after the second film's production began. In it, Kreese attacks Johnny for losing the tournament. Miyagi confronts Kreese, passively immobilizes him, uh, basically embarrasses his ass, and then the Cobra Kai guys drop their belts around uh, around Kreese. Do you think this movie would have been better if that was the ending? Because well, I was that really weird? Like is, is that where Kreese punches through the window? Yeah, but he punches that... both his hands, yeah, through the window, like right in the beginning of Karate Kid Two. Ah, uh, interesting. How does that, well? How does the Karate Kid One just en- ends the, the the tournament, right? Yeah, he gets the uh, gets the trophy, and Miyagi's just smiling, and then it ends. I would have liked yeah. to have seen Kreese get some comeuppance. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like. I kind of like how it is because you're like, you know, what happens with the rest of the guys? To, because. Um, because uh, Zabka, at the end, he totally switches after he loses. It takes, like, it's so funny. He's, like, the biggest bastard this whole movie. He cheap shots him and everything. And then right when he loses, he takes the trophy and gives it to Daniel. He's like, you're all right, man. It's like, what? Like, what's happening now? Yeah, I just, I prefer, I don't like uh, having to imagine the comeuppance that a guy gets. I want to see it. It's like with Coach Riley at the end of Mighty Ducks. I think I ranted about yeah. I needed to see something <laughs> bad happen to Coach Riley. It's the same thing with this. Uh, you, know, you like closure yeah exactly I needed it um, right. Martin Cove who played the John Kreese character was rumored to have replaced Chuck Norris who allegedly turned down the role of Kreese because he didn't want karate trainers to be shown in an unsympathetic light Norris has since said that he was never offered the role but that if he had been he would have declined it for similar reasons what is this movie like with Chuck Norris let me tell you I'm not like pro or against Chuck Norris but he would have sucked in this role I don't think he, he could play that asshole no way he would have he would have played it sympathetically and i don't dude the guy who plays john crease right by the way i'm wearing i didn't even realize i'm wearing my sweep the leg t-shirt right oh now hell I'm, yeah i'm a i'm a sicko and it has crease on it and he is so good in this movie he's perfect he 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 has like that threatening stare he's like got that like scumbag like i'll hurt a teenager look in his eyes but um He's also a good actor. Like I think he's great. I couldn't imagine someone like Chuck Norris or any other the karate guys. I don't know uh, what's his name, Seagal. Like anybody like that, I, I just couldn't picture it. Yeah, he's perfect. Uh, he might, you know, he might be one of the better parts of the movie. Um, uh, according to the commentary track on the home video version, you remember home video? Fucking wild. Oh man. yeah. 
Uh, yeah. William Zabka came up with a loose backstory for the Johnny Lawrence character in order to better get the feel for playing the character. States in the commentary that he envisioned Johnny as having no father and that Crease is the closest thing to a father figure he had in his life. Which See, makes that a lot makes, of look sense. At this, this guy, everyone is giving Zabka shit on the street. He's an intellectual. He's doing background. He's creating these backstories. What a guy. His career should have gone a lot better. Like after reading all this, like I wish he would have I wish he would have won an Oscar for something. I think so. I and I think like if he came up today, I think today it's easier to break out of whatever like pigeonhole you're in. But, you know, in the eighties, early nineties, it's kinda like, yo, you're just the bad guy, so you gotta stick with it. But if he was acting now, I think he would he would break out. He'd play good guys, he'd play bad guys, whatever. Yeah, he was in uh he was in Hot Tub Time Machine. I'm looking at now. I can't as himself, right? He played himself. It says he Rick Steelman. Oh, but he was like I feel like I remember him. He was like a uh, Johnny Lawrence type character. Yeah, it had. Yeah, it had to have been. Had to have been. Um, so this Which is one, funny. It's like, yeah, it's like even then he's like he's he has to play all these people who are like in reference of like this bully from the '80s. So this is my. I think this is my favorite of the IMDb stuff. Kyle Eastwood auditioned for the role of Daniel LaRusso. When he failed to get the part, his father, Clint Eastwood, banned all Coca-Cola products from the sets of his movies. Columbia Studios was owned by Coca-Cola at the time. That is the most, like, that's Clint Eastwood as fuck to be that Salty, yeah. That is a petty, salty old man. uh, Not taking a loss very well. Like, I could see him being like, oh, you don't want to cast my son? Like, you're fucking dead to me. (laughs) You know, I could see Eastwood be made... Maybe Clint Eastwood being the karate instructor, the bad guy. Maybe maybe younger Eastwood. Oh, I could have seen that. I mean, he he's never much of a kicker, I wouldn't say. But you just need someone who's like, like yeah, like I, I sell fucking air conditioners out of my trunk at a parking lot. Like someone who's <laughs> like kind of got that like wildness about him who would like choke out a teenager. Yeah, someone who is willing to hurt people and it doesn't matter what kind of person. He just wants to hurt them. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Sheen turned down the role of Daniel LaRusso. What is this movie like with Charlie Sheen in it? It's a young it's a young Sheen. Even when Sheen is young, like what's like a young Sheen like major league? Yeah, well so he was uh he's he would have been 18, I think looking at it. He would have been like 18 or 19 when this is filming. So that's that's young. Uh major league was 5 years after this. He didn't really I mean, he got going in platoon I think Platoon came oh, right. out two years after this. So it's like pre-Platoon Sheen. So there's really, you don't, he didn't have like the comedic stuff yet. It went Platoon, Wall Street, Eight Men Out, and Major League, and then Hot Shots, which I will forever stand Hot Shots. Yeah, I saw that in the movie theater. I'm pretty sure I saw both of them. There's two, right? Part Duke? Yeah, part, yeah, the best. Um, I, I think Sheen could pull it off. It would be very different, but I think he, what works about him as an actor is like, he has like that... It's not menacing. He has like a look about him where you could see people fucking with him. Um, so I, th- I think I could see him in that role. It, I would just wonder if he looked too old. But, um, you know, he's got you – could, you could say he was like an East Coast Italian kind of kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the role of Daniel LaRusso was also offered to Sean Penn. Penn uh, was trying for more adult roles and he turned it down. That would give more of a I- Daniel's a psycho feel. Yeah, I can't really see that. Um, because that'd be like Spicoli. Yeah. He'd be coming off Spicoli yeah. or like about to play Spicoli. That'd be weird. 
Yeah, even Sean Penn when he yeah with a Spicoli face, obviously he pulled it off. But if he was you know kicking and doing the karate shit, I feel like he would have like a dark a dark side to him. That's the thing about Daniel; he doesn't really have like a dark. He's got a little bit of a temper, but you never think like this dude's got a dark side, which I think someone like maybe even Charlie Sheen would bring. You'd be like, this guy's got a little bit of darkness to him, whereas Ralph Macchio just is you know a kid who seems to be on the wrong end of things. He moved across the country; he's getting bullied. He's like 84 pounds, you know, that kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, the only other actor that was on there that it said it um, got an offer, at least uh, they asked to read, was C. Thomas Howell, who was uh, Ralph's co-star in The Outsiders. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think that, that would have definitely, uh, yeah, that, that, that would have been uh, pretty interesting. But let's get into best scene, uh, favorite scene in the movie. I've got, uh, I listed a couple. Uh, Johnny kicking Daniel's ass on the beach. Look, you started this. All I wanted to do was talk to him. Well, then just leave him alone and we'll go talk. Yeah, where did I hear that before? How about you, hero? You have enough? That, that, first, yeah, that first beach scene. Um, that's a great scene. The, uh, the dance scene the, where he... he puts water on Johnny as he's rolling his rolling his joint in the bathroom blaring music which I want to ask you about in a bit and then yeah. all the way into Miyagi kicking uh kicking those guys ass by the fence um yeah those are those are all great picks yeah the chores montage where he's just having Daniel do a shit ton of chores at his house as training fast wash all the car then wax, wax. Wait, what do I have to wash all the car Remember, dear, no question. Yeah, but I... Right. Wax on, right hand. Wax off, left hand. Wax on, wax off. Uh, the Miyagi drunk scene, which is probably the most emotional scene in the movie. And then it's it's almost like a shoot. The tournament in the last fight, like it's all one scene. It doesn't really break up. Uh, did I miss anything? I mean, I always go to... Maybe, maybe that's one of the ones you said, but... Whatever the montage is when Cruel Summer plays, I think that's I think it starts during the soccer game when he like gets kicked out of the game. Mm-hmm. I just think that song is such a fucking banger, dude, and it, it goes so well with like what's going on. Um, and I just you know you need an eighty you need a montage in an eighties movie, and I think that that really like lends to it. I, I always if that scene's on, I will always leave it on. The whole soundtrack bops. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the tournament is almost like, it, it's a different feel from the rest of the movie. The rest of the movie is feels very like, it's not a high school movie, which is good, because like, they could have easily turned this into a high school movie. It's not a high school movie, but it's more of like a dramedy, like it has its, you know, it has its moments like that, and then the tournament turns it into a sports karate movie. Yeah, it's funny. It's like, yeah, you're right. It, it is like a high school movie. It's just not a corny one. And then at the end, it's like, okay, sports time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, this whole movie is good. I, you you could have picked, the whole movie flows really well. You could have picked almost any scene as, like, a good scene. Like, even Daniel talking to his mom at the fucking restaurant or something. Like, it's all really good. But let's, uh, let's take a quick break here from our sponsors, and then we'll get back to the most authentic and least authentic. Big Screen Sports is brought to you by ShipStation.com. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. It's time-consuming, expensive. So many carriers to choose from. How do you know you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. 
Doesn't matter what you're selling. Could be karate equipment, car wax, anything. ShipStation helps you get the orders out quickly. You'll save money on shipping costs and keep your customers happy. Doesn't matter where you're selling from either. Amazon, Etsy, your own website. ShipStation will bring all your orders into one simple interface. Makes them really easy to manage from any device. You can even do it from your cell phone, which nowadays everything needs to be done on your cell phone. ShipStation works with all major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment. You can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. It's no wonder that ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Right now, Big Screen Sports listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the offer code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, type in BLUE, like Blue Wire Podcast. That's ShipStation.com, then offer code BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. Big Screen Sports is also brought to you by Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction, not easy. Usually guys just brush it off, you know, blame themselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo. They avoid it altogether with excuses like, had a long day at work, or sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. Or you're like Daniel LaRusso, maybe you just say you got your butt kicked on the beach and you're just not, not going for it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor will work to find the best treatment plan. Medications appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor take care of it. Again, just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. It's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. Come on, guys. Help yourselves out here. Now back to Karate Kid. All right. Uh, before we get into most authentic and least authentic, I have to go with the, the least authentic part of this podcast is me mispronouncing uh, <laughs> Ralph Macchio's last name is Macchio. Uh, I think... Not a child of the 80s. I'm going to chalk it up to that, but uh, that is that is deeply embarrassing. But let's move on to most and least authentic. Do you have something that was really authentic with this movie? Um, so I thought the the scene where, you just mentioned it, but the scene where Miyagi hops down off the fence after the dance and like whoops everyone's ass, I just thought that was an awesome scene. Like Miyagi hopping down and just like the, the, the athleticism on everybody, it, it's just like a really great scene. That I'm sure there was like an awesome fight coordinator. I don't know if there were stunt doubles or whatever. It looked like Miyagi really jumped down. It might have been a stunt double, but uh, that was the one where Zabka he does like a roundhouse kick that goes seven feet in the air. I just thought that was an awesome, like very athletic scene, and uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, there was a, there was an INDB trivia thing I kind of skipped over, but yeah, that scene was done by the like the coordinator and some uh, some students I think like of his, and they nailed it. And it's also a nine second fight scene. Miyagi sets them all down in nine seconds, which is sick. Wow. But I can't argue with that being the most authentic. Dude, that was so eighties. I mean, in this day and age, if some old dude beat the shit out of a bunch of high schoolers, he'd be like in prison. Oh, absolutely. Someone would have filmed it with their phone and like you'd see yeah, Miyagi would be in court and shit. It'd be it'd be a tough beat for him. Yeah. 
But it was the old days. You, you'd just be like, yeah, you'd just be like, oh, some old guy kicked the shit out of me. I won't walk down that street again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Johnny, or uh, fucking Daniel, that, I told you I was going to do it. I was going to call Daniel Johnny at some <laughs> point because he's Johnny and the Outsiders. Daniel says at one point when he gets uh, Allie in the car, this might actually be the most authentic for me when he, she puts, she gets in the driver's seat and she's like, I don't have a license. And he's like, oh, it's the 80s. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Who cares? It's yeah. the 80s. Like, it's kind of like yeah. that. Like, you got the shit beat out of you by an old man. Who cares? It's the 80s. <laughs> for least authentic, I mean, Johnny would have whipped Daniel's ass, right? Like, there's no way he wins that tournament. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're trying to think that, like, he trained better and he, like, he really went to, like, his, you know, he got in touch with his whatever and and did it. And and, and Johnny's kind of like a wild card, so he just is running at him, doing whatever. But, yeah, he'd probably lose 3 nothing. Yeah, I feel like Johnny's a fucking killing machine who's been doing this. He's been at the dojo for five years. Uh, I mean, he's got fists of lightning. I, I don't see it. I don't even see, I mean, we'll talk about the tournament. I don't want to, we're going to have a whole section on the tournament. I don't even see Daniel getting there, but I don't see him surviving, especially with his bum-ass leg. Yeah, they just really have him running through people, and it's like, all right, I mean, look, they, they, had, him, they had him doing all the right moves. It's just, I don't know, he's so skinny, and like, like you said, he's on his leg. It's just, I don't know if he gets to the finals either. But once he, but once he's in the finals, I can sign on to maybe he beats Johnny because it's a movie and Miyagi like gave him the good shit, you know? Yeah, I mean, you, you don't, we don't see what Miyagi did in that, in that locker room. Like he could have just like, he could have rubbed his hands together and then pulled like uh, Tordal or whatever, whatever they give <laughs> NFL players from his bag and just given Johnny the fucking. The, or giving uh, Daniel the good shit. So yeah, I mean he's on something when he comes out of there. You know, he didn't just he didn't just rub his hands together and put his thumbs on his thighs. Like he he either injected him or like gave him some shit that was not street legal. They weren't drug testing at that tournament. No, it, no. it was a, it was a fucking free for all. Let's get into what worked with this movie. Right off the bat, my favorite thing about this movie, my favorite thing about Machio, about his performance. <laughs> Is that Daniel has the confidence of a guy, like at least with women, who had a ton of sex in Jersey. Oh, yeah. yeah like I he mean, is smooth he, right off the bat. He takes a run at Allie after like five seconds. I mean, the kid convinces him a little. He kicks the soccer ball at her, and then he has to go get it. But I mean, oh my God, I would have been dry heaving in the corner. This dude just like walks over there and he's got so much game. And uh, yeah, I mean, God bless him. He picked him up and knocked him down back in Jersey. I mean, he was. <laughs> yeah. Allie was not the. Uh, Allie was not the first in in Daniel Larusso's the first notch in his belt. That is no. That is for damn sure. On that scene though, the beach scene, his buddy Freddie, who he meets at the at the apartment complex, like him and his buddies were trash. I have trash a lot of notes about them. Okay, I have a lot of notes because <laughs> Freddie is like when he first meets them, even though Daniel kicks him through the door. He's like the nicest guy in the world. He's like, yo, we're going to this thing. You got to come, whatever, whatever. And then Daniel gets like beat up by this hooligan. And they're all like, you can hear them say, they're like, yo, this kid's fucking whack. Like, they, and then they like walk away from him. Yeah. Well, they it's, also it's, like, be, you, you guys have played soccer with Daniel the whole afternoon. So, like, you know, right. you, you've got some sort of camarader, camaraderie there. 
Um, I'm just mispronouncing words left and right tonight. <laughs> uh, but, the, you know, there's some sort of bond there. Like, one of those guys should have told Daniel, like, hey, man, I know you want to go defend this girl, but that guy Johnny is a fucking psycho, and he will kill you if you get in the middle. Yeah. And they're all just like, no, man, you're kind of on your own here. Like, we'll let you... Because you don't, like, they, I'm sure they knew of, they knew his prowess. I don't, I don't, yeah, I they can't believe like, they didn't give him a heads up. Yeah, Johnny's the kind of guy who's like, yo, like, there's tons of stories. We're like, yo, two years ago, this kid from Central, yeah, he almost died because he tried to fight Johnny. You know, there's like stories like that. However, if I can just say, I'll, let me stick up for these guys for one second. Daniel is kind of in the zone where like, they, you just meet this kid, right? And you're, you're trying to be nice to him, you're hanging with him. And then he starts fighting with the school bully. And it's like, dude, I'm not trying to get my nose broken. Like, what are you doing fighting this guy? Like, just leave him alone. So they're kind of in that weird, like, I don't, I can't jump in for you zone. But they should have at least said, like, yo, don't do this. That's a fair, that's a fair point. That's, that, that is a point in their, in their corner. Another and question and I was oh. more pissed. Yeah, I was more pissed after he gets beat up. They just kind of, like, leave him there. And they're like, you, they're like, oh, this kid sucks. It's like. At least be like, hey, man, uh, probably should have told you don't do that. Uh, but come on, like, let's get some ice. That's it. Then you're friends for life. Yeah, they're awful. They're uh, yeah, not great. What do you think the rent on Daniel's apartment would be in 2019? It wasn't a small place. Man. It's like uh, 3K probably. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that was, I mean, what, two bedrooms, got a pool. And the pool's not working. But still, it's got to be 3K. Yeah, as someone who works in, in insurance for apartment complexes, that pool is a massive liability liability <laughs> risk. That, that owner is setting themselves up for, uh, for failure. Does Daniel have the worst, uh, like, the worst first 24 hours in a new town ever? Yeah, so he, he moves there. He gets beat up at the beach, right? Yeah, gets gets his ass beat at the beach, then goes to school, and that appears to be like the first day of school where he gets in that fight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he, he moves across the country. He's got no friends. His pool isn't working, and he loses the only friend he had. He makes a friend, loses a friend, gets his ass kicked twice. But he meets Elizabeth Shue, which is kind of. You know, is it all worth it? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but he gets his ass kicked in front of her twice. And, like, bless her heart for not picking her men based on who's a good fighter. Because she, I mean, think- it says a lot for her that she saw Daniel get his ass beat. And it's still like, oh, you know what? Him. That's my guy. Well, you got to think that she's been, she was dating uh, Johnny for a while. You got to think that she's seen him fight somebody like a million times. And, uh, yeah, I mean, God bless her that she doesn't think any less of the people that he beats into a pulp so you know she she likes him for him even though he doesn't believe it half the time he's kind of a turd to her too he is he's not daniel is not a great boyfriend like at the movie at the uh at the arcade and shit he's like giving her all this crap it's like dude easy yeah i mean i don't want to bring in stuff from the karate kid too but them they had to write elizabeth shoe out because she wanted to stay in school but them writing her out where she left him for, you know, UCLA football player is like good for her. Oh, that's you deserve so dirty. That. That's so dirty that they would do that to her. Yeah, but I mean she at was... the same time, like Allie deserved that. She did she deserved better than Daniel LaRusso. That's true. 
That's true. He was probably the whole time. He's like, "Hey, remember when I beat the shit out of your ex boyfriend in that tournament?" She's like, "All right, I'm out. <laughs> we're we're done. We can't we can't build we're, up this anymore. We're done." She's like, "You still talking about this karate shit?" <laughs> what else did you have with this movie that worked for you? Um, I think the like the fish out of water stuff really worked. I thought it was, um, you know, I thought it was done really well. That you you really felt like Daniel was alone when he was at school and when he was getting like beat up because you kind of just think like oh what, what would i be doing in that situation or like damn that would suck to have like four fucking roided up karate heads trying to kick your ass every day so i, th- I thought that was good it, it really felt like daniel was all by himself mm-hmm. i agree i agree uh one thing this movie did that i like some sports movies that are good do work with a lot of characters like uh like a remember the titans there's like you can name like you know, 10 or 12 characters in that movie that they put some some time into, put some investment into, and they kind of spread out the love. This movie mm-hmm. is centered on a couple characters, but they're all really good and really well done. Like, Daniel, like, Machio does his job. Like, he's he's who he is. He's likable enough. Like, he, he's good as the main character. But Johnny is an all-time movie villain. Like, perfect. Yeah. Miyagi, Pat Morita is great. And then Kreese is a fucking psycho, and it works so well. It's a small, like, subset of characters. And then Allie's a good character, too. But other than that, there's not really many more speaking roles in this movie. There's, like, Daniel's mom and then just random lines, like Allie's parents well, and shit. Well, so you had a, and maybe we'll get to it, but you had, like, a what's, like, the best, like, supporting character? Oh, right? yeah, Secondary. yeah. So, like, would you consider, like, Elizabeth Shue, she's, like, a main character or is she a supporting character? So she was the most prominent character that I listed in that. I mean, we can just we can switch to it right now the the sure, Lenny yeah. Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character. I mean, there aren't many supporting characters. She was the most prominent one that I listed, um, but she you know she was about as close. I mean, she was there for the whole tournament. Uh, the only other two I had were um, part of uh, Johnny's Cobra Kai crew there was a uh, dutch who was the blonde haired one who looks like he 100 percent got into cocaine in the 80s yeah. and then um there was ron thomas's bobby who was the one who throws that that deliberate cheap shot on johnny's leg or daniel's leg and then apologizes profusely right after in like a kind of homoerotic manner and uh, yeah, other than he, that i didn't really like, have anyone yeah um I like. I mean, yeah, Elizabeth Shue is. If if she's a secondary character, then she's definitely gets the the supporting actress award or whatever supporting character award. I thought what's her name was really good as like a really bit part. It's even you know like less than a supporting character is is her friend. She's like annoying, but I think she's like realistic. Like she was, you know, you know, what girl, I'm talking about. She's yeah, the like, one who finally like, gets in Daniel's face and is like, "You're being an asshole." She punched Johnny like get your shit together that that one yeah i feel like she's like kind of like fuck this guy kind of sucks like she kind of says that about daniel the whole time and she's just her main concern is like sticking up for elizabeth shoe which is i feel like what what a girl's friend would do you'd be like dude what the fuck where'd you come from like who are you like i i know i know those people who would be like just jump to their friend's defense no matter what yeah, in private, that girl was probably always on Allie's case. Like, you remember that UCLA football player we met at the arcade? <laughs> Yo, yeah. You need to call him. Like, stop fucking around with this Daniel guy. He's a loser. And she wouldn't yeah, be I mean, wrong. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're Daniel, she sucks. Like, she's the worst. She's like, up your ass. She's like, dude, what are you doing? 
But if you're, you know, maybe her best friend, she's probably a good person to have. Because, yeah, the karate tournament comes and goes. Yeah. It's three months later. You know, Daniel's still talking about how he did his fucking crane kick. And she's like, hey, why don't we go buy some, you know, football practices? I heard USC's got something going on. I heard UCLA's got something going on. You know, she took her around the campuses. She found her a new man. Yeah, and in Daniel's in like in Daniel's position, there's no one worse in your life than your girl's friend who hates your guts. Uh-huh. That's tough. Yeah, That's I mean, if, if your girlfriend's best friend like doesn't like you, then I mean, you're fucked. You really are. Yeah, you got no shot. You like you might as well hang it up. Yeah. But did you have anything else that uh, that worked or that that stuck out to you? Something that stuff that you liked in this movie. I mean, anything, I mean, we focus on the sports centric stuff, but this movie really only gets into that towards the end. It's fun to just like kind of pick out the stuff we liked about the movie. Yeah. I liked, um, like you said, the soundtrack I thought was awesome. I think the whole, the whole feel time. of the movie. Yeah. I think the whole feel of the movie is really good. And it's obviously eighties, but it doesn't feel so, so dated that you couldn't watch it today. Like some things in the eighties are like, what the fuck am I watching? But I, I think the tone of it is really good, and I just think that's why it holds up. Um, I like the scenes with Daniel and his mom. I mean, I feel like they have a really good relationship. Like, it's a very realistic relationship. Like, single mom, um, kid who just moved, and he's, like, going through all this shit. And she's, like, you know, she's probably, like, his best friend, his confidant, and, and he starts hiding shit from her. And it, it just feels like the tension feels real. I agree. Yeah, I, I like their relationship. She, she's probably one that we could... Um we could have put up for the best supporting character. She, yeah, she did. She did her job. She did with what, uh, she did what she was handed. Um, right. I love the incredible hussy hustle by, uh, Miyagi to get all his chores done. That's like inspiration yeah. for me when my kid grows up, just like, now I'm teaching you something that's going to pay off and something else. But for <laughs> now, yeah, paint my fence. Miyagi's house looks great too. She's got like the dopest house. Oh, in yeah. Reseda. And how, how big of a, like, how big of a thing in like the zeitgeist or whatever this wax on wax off how i mean that's last of the text of the, the test of time even today you could say wax on wax off and most yeah, people that, would know what you're that talking about. and sweep the leg because like sweep the leg is on your t-shirt yeah and uh i guess like the the danielson that that's kind of yeah. last in the lexicon too but that yeah i mean that's three things from this movie this it's crazy how well this movie has has aged and just like you said like this movie came out around the same time as Teen Wolf and you could just never like there's they're so polar opposite in how well they've aged. Like Teen Wolf is just like a, a cheesy bad watch and this one is not. Right. It really holds up well. Well, in and especially since the whole plot of Teen Wolf is like a boy turns into a wolf. So it's like right away you're like, dude, what's happening? And he's like all of a sudden good at everything. So it's like it has that cheese factor that that uh it doesn't really stand. I mean, look, I'll watch Teen Wolf whenever it's on. I love it. I just made a stupid Teen Wolf video because I'm a monster. 60-second classics. Check it out. Yeah, you should. It's funny. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you're comparing the two, it's like this movie you, This movie really holds up. And the acting's great in it, too. I think everybody's really good in it. I think so, too. Uh, let's get into one of who I think does a perfect job, perfectly cast. We already said uh, the guy who plays Crease. How many war crimes did Kreese commit in Nam? He's like a Dude, decade that... out of decade out of being in, in the jungles fighting the Viet Cong. I whew, he he went through some some villages. 
That guy, yeah, that guy's a. I mean, he he's the kind of guy who like signs up for arm wrestling competitions at truck stops. Like he will, he just needs the juice, and the juice is kicking the shit out of somebody. So I'm sure they didn't show like in his classes, but I'm sure he like fights his kids and shit. Oh, he's hit a teenager without a doubt. But, like he, what you said, Johnny. Like the backstory William Zabka does is like that decreases his dad. Well, I bet him they like spar and he hits him and shit. A hundred percent. He is. I mean, and God, God help if if Crease actually had kids. Yeah, but he's perfect. No perfect. Martin Cove, perfect in this role. So is he an is he an actor or is he like an actual uh, like martial arts kind of guy? Um, I think he's uh, yeah he's just an American film and television actor most recognized for his roles as sociopathic Cobra Kai Sensei John Kreese. Uh also n- was in Rambo First Blood Part Two and on uh, TV series such as Cagney and Lacey. That that one is not in my was not in my uh, I have not watched that one on Netflix. It must be so interesting to be a guy like that. Like everybody knows you as John Kreese and. Um, they say crease or cleese. Now I'm now I'm questioning what I'm saying. Um, everybody knows you as this guy, and you know how much money did you make off Karate Kid? You know, maybe a few bucks. Not not to like live your whole life, and people are just you're just that guy for the rest of your life. It's so weird. Yeah, and he's like, if you look at his his IMDb or like his filmography, all the roles are stuff that you can you can trace back to that. He's playing like. Admiral Danny Teagues, Lieutenant Reynolds, Sheriff hmm. Jones, U.S. Senator. It's Sheriff Jack Miller, Sheriff right. on Bounty Law. Like it's just like it's just he's he's playing the hits, and he basically has to do that for the rest of his career. Maybe I'm like just just totally making this up, which I, I it's a theory I'm just thinking of right now. But do you think that people it's easier to break out of like a role nowadays, or is that just a thing I'm just thinking and being an idiot of i feel like Like it is because there's more outlets to break out of it like if he was gonna break out of this role like what is he he's either gonna have to get cast in a movie that's gonna be that's gonna be well seen he's gonna i mean because the movie industry was so much different then or he's gonna have to get cast in a network tv series and he was in a network tv series as a detective at that time right whereas here like you could get you know seemingly pigeonholed into a role but then like you're on a netflix show that's like a musical hugh jackman right, exactly. won a fucking tony like yeah. he like if that's like wolverine and guy in musicals completely different i just think there's more outlets now to be seen to break out of roles yeah yeah because a guy like this i mean obviously you just associate him with that psycho karate instructor but I agree. Like, if he he could have like a Netflix show, he could be like the second lead on like a cop show. He could be, you know, whatever. He, he there's so many more outlets, and I just I think that like you know actors born in different times, like fucking Johnny Lawrence, could have been doing a lot of different things other than having to rehash his old characters. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, he's crushing it. He does great in Cobra Kai, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, he's get, he's getting the paycheck, but yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think there's, I think, yeah, you you have a point. There's either you know, it's easier for a guy to break out of that um, kind of that stigma about them now. Yeah, I want to talk about the tournament. Basically, yeah. the, the the big sports scene in the movie. It's it's Daniel's first matches ever. 
does does he strike you as a guy who's confident and is going to win this tournament when he's signing up? Well, so I like how they don't make him really like he doesn't know the rules at all, right? He shows up and like when he goes in, he kind of like jumps out of the ring. Like it feels like a real like what the fuck am I doing here? Which I mean, you got to look at the coach right there. That that's all Miyagi's fault. Miyagi should have been prepared. But it's interesting because Miyagi's like. He's like, I don't know. I've never, I've never been here before. I've never done this before, right? Like when he was coming in, he's like, where do I go? He's like, I don't know. Never, done, never been here before. So it feels like Miyagi just hired him to fucking do his chores, and then he taught him a few life lessons, and then he's like, you're on your own, kid. I will say that the one thing about this movie, the thing I changed, the thing that you know doesn't work, is, and I hadn't seen it in a long time. There is a lot less buildup of Daniel being good at karate than I had remembered. I was I thought that Miyagi had done a lot more. I knew it, it starts with the chores and that trend. You know, he did the chores that translate into being good at karate. But I felt like when Daniel was walking in there, I was like, oh, this dude is fucking not prepared at all. Oh, <laughs> like, then they show, I mean, yeah, they show, like his, showing that he's good at karate, like they showed him like balancing on a rowboat or like doing a fucking crane thing on top of a wooden post on the beach. Like they don't really show you much. They just show that he's like kind of getting into it. They don't show like it's not like a Rocky Four training montage where like like talk about a talk about something that really gets your ex- expectations going. Like the Rocky Four training montage when he goes to Russia and he just like you, you see you see his progression. He's There's in the really barn. Progr- oh, he's in the barn. He's growing a beard. He's doing the fucking lifts and with, with a fire behind him. He runs to the top of a mountain and yells "Drago!" Like there's no there's no build for Daniel. You're just like, oh, he's washing a car. He's balancing on a rowboat, and now he's in the tournament. So you're like, okay, I, I guess he. You just kind of take the jump that he knows how to fight now. What if they would have put a beard and like fifteen to twenty pounds of muscle on Machio and had him show up at that tournament looking like a grown ass man? It would have been awesome. They, they should have replaced him with fucking what's his name uh charlie sheen and just like you know charlie sheen shows up just packing on weight right at the end because he's way bigger it would have been good i mean he he shows up looking like the same 84 pounds he showed up as so no offense Mm -hmm. to anybody who's 84 pounds by the way we're all doing our best (laughs) it's almost like miyagi was just like hey we need to get your fitness up because you're gonna take a beating (laughs) you know we need to put some it's like when they're uh you know offensive linemen trying to get you know get their weight up just so they can they can take it in the trenches. It's just like, listen, I'm throwing you out like a sacrificial lamb. We had this nice time together. My house looks great. You're going to go to this tournament. You're going to get your ass kicked. But <laughs> at least you're going to have a little more meat on your bones when you do it. So I, I would have liked a little more buildup. Yeah, I mean, it, it, not, to, not to poke a legend, but... No, it, it, I think if that's what the thing that this movie's missing is they definitely had a montage but like you said it it doesn't really have that build up and i think you're right i think miyagi thought daniel's gonna get his ass kicked like when when daniel gets hurt and he's in the he's in the back room and uh, he's like i could have won and miyagi's like yeah maybe like who gives a shit like it doesn't matter and he's like but i could have he's like yeah maybe like who it doesn't do you think he gave him the car because he was like i'm just gonna get this shit back because daniel's gonna die yeah (laughs) he's like it's clear you're gonna die or at least your legs will be broken. There's no way you're going to be able to drive it. So this will, you know, put me in good standing with your mom. It's all good. He's just viewing it as more of like a loner. Yeah, I mean, it's like, hey, man, and enjoy. 
One thing I really liked about the the tournament though and the the final scene was I liked that they didn't do the ending in slow-mo. Like it's a it's a it's a niche like yeah. It, it's like a almost like a nitpick, but like a positive nitpick. Like, cause there was a very, I'm sure that idea was in someone's head to do that in slow mo, where it's like a, the slow crane kick to to break Johnny's nose. Okay, so this is like a fucking a, a problem I have with like social media and all this shit. Is I think slow mo videos suck, and I think when you show someone doing something awesome, like. Yo, this dude threw a basketball around his back and it hit a fucking pigeon off the top of a light post like 50 yards away. And then it felt, it's like it, when you slow it down, it takes everything away from it. Just show it. If you want to show a slow-mo replay after, that's fine. But show the thing. Slow-mo replays ruin everything. I agree. And I think that this movie is much better for... It, I mean that the fight action doesn't really ever stop in the the Johnny Daniel fight. There's really only the um, he takes the timeout because Johnny's nose is bleeding, and they do the sweep the leg thing. But other than that, it's just like boom, 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 which I really enjoy. Yeah, it's great. It's like nonstop, but it also builds. Like it, it's really good. The music's good with it. Um, the slow mo shit just ruined. I mean, have you ever seen Bloodsport with Van Damme? Yeah, yeah, dude, that's a movie where they'll. <laughs> I mean that t- talk about a movie from the eighties that that is cheesy like that. You, they show this fight scenes and they'll show Van Damme slow kicking somebody like six different times, and it's the same kick. And you're like, what is happening right now? That's like a laugh out loud th- loud thing. I think the Karate Kid, how it doesn't use slow mo, it, it just works so well. If you're down to cover Bloodsport at some point, I would love to do Bloodsport. Yeah, dude, I, I will. I think I'm gonna do a Bloodsport video at some point. Some some kind of video. I don't know because. It's tough to know how like niche these things are because, like, I've seen Bloodsport like ten times and uh, <laughs> I love it. I love you know. What, I don't know. I mean, I'd be all in for that. Absolutely. The whole dude the talk talk about the the fight scenes. I mean, Bloodsport. The whole second ha- half of the movie is the the fight. Like, the, it's it's all the kumite, and it's 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 just it's ridiculous. So. If we get to it, if you do Bloodsport, let me know. We'll, we'll talk about it. But the thing is ridiculous. Yeah, you're in for Bloodsport. Uh, what did you have that didn't work for the movie? Was there anything glaring for um, you? Didn't because there's really there's really not a lot. I mean, in a Hall of Fame movie, there's not a even in like an '80s movie. You'd think like you do Teen Wolf, and there's so much stuff that like f- even like fun nitpicky stuff like you know that like uh, yeah, yeah. you know. The, the wolf or styles would have died surfing that car or stuff with this movie there's there's really like my thing like, question for you like you're uh so you're at the school dance you're rolling a joint in the bathroom yeah. are you blaring music yeah. in your headphones or are you like have like a fox trying to hear and make sure no one comes in he was very cavalier. It's funny. He's, it sounds like he's blaring like hard rock too, right? He's, it's like he's blaring like ACDC or something. It's, it's, I, maybe that just shows that Johnny's like a fucking psycho and he's above the law. Like no teacher would ever come in and, and like write Johnny up. Like he's Johnny. He don't fuck with that. Like he can do whatever he wants. Me, I, I mean, I, w- I would of course not do that. And even if you were listening to music, I'd have like, when you have headphones on where like one of them's like half off your ear a little so you can hear what's going on. Um, but yeah, just, just a weird, a weird move to just get on the toilet, crank up your fucking Walkman to like a hundred and roll a joint. Yeah. It was, it was a, it was an, I mean, move. I guess what was the point? Was the point of the Walkman so that he, or the music. So he, 
didn't see Daniel putting the thing on? Like, he's, like, distracted? I think that was the whole thing. I, it, like, from the plot point, I think that was... He had to... You had to have some way that Daniel could sneak up on him while wearing a fucking shower costume and pour water on him. Like, you needed right. a way for him not to hear him. But that's an... I think you're you're right in that you could say, though, that it's it's Johnny being above the law, but I don't think, like, anyone else in the history of drugs has been that cavalier with doing drugs in their, like, upper white middle-class school. Yeah, and by the way, what a fucking cocky dude Daniel is by wearing a shower thing, and he just, like, pulls Allie, like, right into it. Like, she goes in, and he's like, hey, get in here, and they start smooching. Like, dude, if I was a new kid at school and I was getting my ass kicked on the reg, I would not wear a giant shower curtain to a fucking dance. I like that his thing was like, oh, I, you know, I would want to go as the invisible man, and then he goes as the most obvious costume ever. Like, yeah, they can't (laughs) see your face, but it's everyone's going to be like, Oh, who's in, like that's a great costume if you you want to like maybe like discreetly have like some rough over the pants sex, but I don't yeah. know if that's the move if you're trying to stay super incognito at the dance. And then they had the uh, the egg guy like smashing eggs on people's heads and shit. I always remember that. Like I always thought that yeah, was gonna, I thought that was going to be Johnny the first time I saw it. I remember yeah. I was like, oh, that's Johnny, and he's about to hit Daniel like straight in the face with an egg. Uh, yeah, and everyone's like laughing. It's like, ha ah. ha. That scene's actually really good, though. Like, it's well done. Like, I love the shot where he's running. It's like a low camera shot where he's running at the camera, and then he runs by, and then Johnny's running out, and, and Allie trips him. Like, that's just like a well done shot. I, I think that's things like that are why the movie holds up. It's mm-hmm. like, it's the filmmaking is, re- is really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, it's, it's a great movie. I, although, I wonder why is Daniel's mom not asking questions about him? Like, She's like, why is she not like, okay, listen, Dana, we've been here for a couple months now, and I get it's tough to make friends, and you, you've been having some trouble in school, but you, the only thing you do is hang out within, within a senior citizen, or the, you know, <laughs> what, what's going on? Like, there, I'm surprised that there was not a, a scene of Daniel's mom just kind of asking him some questions and be like, listen, we need to, well, she, we need to talk about this. She does at some point say like. You're not telling me anything. Like you're shutting me out. Cause yeah, I feel like they they have the kind of relationship where he's like he tells her everything. Like you know, she probably knows all the girls he's like dated and all that shit. So she does say something like you're not telling me anything now. Like what's going on? And and uh, she does seem to think that Miyagi's a safe guy right away, which is you know a little scary. Come on, let's yeah. do a little background checks on people. Yeah, they did have but, a very um, like a close relationship to where she. Yeah, I think you're right that she knew all the girls he was dating. She, she even in the restaurant scene, she mentions one of them. Like she's she's heard she's heard uh, Daniel knocking boots in the in the house. Like the, she's 100%. like, oh, another fire crotch, Daniel. Yeah, she's like really getting into that. <laughs> well, she says she says like, oh, I bet she's blonde, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, a blonde. That's like they, it it it's funny. Like, but it shows like they kind of have like a you know more of a friendly a tight relationship which is it works it works for them um but yeah, wait one more thing about like, the don't dance. let me don't let me catch you flushing your condoms down the uh down the toilet again daniel <laughs> yeah go off that, and dance that clogs the toilets <laughs> that clogs the toilets daniel you know that <laughs> um so yeah the dance when he gets hit with the water and johnny runs out there's a dude standing right there he would have knocked that dude out so fast like there's just another guy who's right there and he like kind of is like hey johnny what's up he doesn't even say like, "Oh, someone ran that." He just goes, "Hey, Johnny," and Johnny runs by him. So, did Johnny see who it was, or did he just like intuitively know that it's the fucking 
Italian kid from New Jersey. I think that. he had to intuitively know because I think with with that kid outside the bathroom, I think he would have realized like the person that did this is running away. I don't think I don't think he thought anyone would have the stones to just stand there if they had just done that to Johnny. I don't think he thought that the kid was standing out the bathroom like, "Hey Johnny, what's up? I just ruined your joint to get your attention." I would die if that was like if there was an extra scene where like I think it would be so funny if he just came out and the dude's like, "Hey Johnny," and Johnny just fucking uppercutted that dude into the ceiling and then kept running. Like that dude it's so funny, man. He, I always thought about that. He's like, hey, Johnny, and Johnny just runs by him. Like, if he just, if, even in the scene, I, I even think it works for his character if Johnny just, like, pushed him into a wall. Like, why not have him do that? Yeah, I think, I think that would have worked. That, that's right up, uh, that's right up Johnny's alley. There's that, you know, the scene in, um, an airplane when I, yeah. I can't remember the character's name, but he pulls up to the airport and he just starts like punching the shit out of everyone who he sees, <laughs> like the, yeah. the Jehovah's Witnesses or whatever come up to him and he's just knocking people out. It's like that, like Johnny's yeah. just getting through the crowd, just like flinging people from side to side. I think that would work. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe it was like a logistical thing, but if he just ran out and fucking, even if he just pushed him, like two hand pushed somebody into the wall and kept running, that's like one funny and two, it goes with his character. Agreed, agreed. Uh, and speaking of Johnny, is there any better choice for on-screen athlete than than Zapka? He looks. No, I mean, perfect. I was when when I was thinking of it, I was like, dude. When I, I I know I've said it like three times already, but when he does that spin kick when they're fighting by the fence after after the dance, I mean, again, maybe I'm maybe I'm saying and it's like a a, a stunt double or something, but whoever that person was, but he he seemed like he's a good athlete anyway. I, I think so too. He was uh, per the IMDb trivia. He he didn't have any karate background, but he was an accomplished wrestler. For worst on screen oh, okay. athlete, I I think it's it's Ralph Macchio. Just I mean, he's a scrawny dude. Again, when he walks into that tournament, I feel like there's no way he wins. He just does not. He didn't carry himself like a kid who was gonna kick some ass, and that wasn't supposed to be his thing. Like he wasn't supposed to be this murderous sociopath like Johnny, but yeah. I mean, he's just a scrawny little guy. Which I think maybe helps, like, the last, like, part of the fight, like, when does the crane. He's, like, limping, and he's, like, he seems very weak at that moment. He's skinny, he's scrawny, he's he's hurt. And he does, like, this thing where he's doing it. And, and you'd be like, yeah, why wouldn't you charge at this dude, you know? Because cause I feel like people are like, oh, why would you just run at him? It's like, well, this dude is, like, a feather, and he's hurt, and he's, like, lifting his arms up. So just run at him and neck chop him. And then the way he pulls off the crane kick, I think it looks really good. And, I mean, Zapka sells it like a fucking champ. His neck just fucking pops back. It's amazing. Zapka deserves so much better in life. Like, maybe the guy's had a really good life and he's happy with his career and everything. But, God, he deserved so much better. He's so good in this movie. Machio also comes out of the gate in that match, though, like, swinging. He's got got his tortoise high on and he's just... Yeah. Because he gets those two points real quick. Right, yeah. For the big chill in this movie, uh, you know, the moment that every good sports movie has that big chill moment, I think it's probably obviously the crane kick. But there's, like, uh, Miyagi beating up uh, Johnny and them. Uh, When he gives Daniel the car, it's like an emotional moment, emotional big big chill moment. And then when Daniel decides he's going to fight, like they announce him, LaRusso's going to fight.
Dude, that Man, guy, that... I don't know who that guy is. Like, if he's just, like, a dude who lived by the set or if he's an actual actor. That guy's the man, and I he, I don't know if he's still alive, but if, if that guy was alive, I would love to get a beer with him. He goes, Daniel Russo's going to fight? He's like, he says something like, that's why they do it, folks. Like, how about that? That guy's just the man. I, uh, he's, he's great. Yeah, I, again, and I think that's a, a discredit to all the adults at that tournament, though. Like, there's no way he should have fought. I don't yeah. know what happened to his leg, but it was not good. No, he he was in rough shape. But what did Miyagi do to him? He just kind of gave him the... Like, he has healing powers or what? It's some ancient... Uh, the ancient Japanese pain suppression yeah. technique or something. It just yeah. He gave him the big needle and and got him in there. Yeah, Mike, with this no, that, movie... You're right, you're right. That, that part is good because Elizabeth Shue runs out, whispers into his ear, and he's like... He's like, he's going to fight, and then they hit him with, they like hit this music with it, and it's so good, dude. Yeah. I, I just recently watched it on an airplane, and I was like, I got like half a chub, dude. It was so good, and uh, this fucking great moment. Another great moment that we haven't mentioned is when they're walking into the tournament, and they're like only one, you know, one coach on the mat, and he does the, oh, the, 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 tra- the translator, translator thing. thing. That's, that's really good. I really enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Mike, would this movie make a good 30 for 30 if it had occurred in real life? Oh, absolutely. You need an angle, though. You need a, like a, a thing for it. It, w- it would need some sort of national presence for it to be a, an actual 30 for 30. Like, I think like the story I mean, itself it, would have been good. So, yeah, I mean, who do you... Do you bill, maybe you bill it as like a 30 for 30 on Miyagi, where he was like this... This war, like he was in the war and he came back and he he had nothing and he was like ready to. I mean, not to get too dark. Maybe he was ready to like hang it up. Maybe he was ready to take take an exit. And uh, this guy came in. This boy came into his life and he's like, you know what? I gotta help this guy out. And then he wins the tournament and everything's good. It's like it could be like a crossover. It's actually two war stories because it's it's Miyagi's story and it's also Kreese's story. It's like two two wars, two different experiences. Like Miyagi was a decorated soldier who lost his wife and unborn child while he while he was overseas he won a medal of honor like crease set a vietnamese village on fire was given a dishonorable discharge (laughs) and then started this this dojo and it's like you know it's it that's that's the angle there i like it yeah i think i mean they could do like the one where they did for oj where it's just like 10 hours long a five-part series yeah, just a, t- a ten-part series on ESPN. Miyagi Made in America. I mean, it ends with Ali's boyfriend, uh, the draft day, him going into the pros from whatever college you went to. All right, Mike, how would you improve the Karate Kid? I think it's tough to you know say that you'd improve a Hall of Fame movie, but if you had to, what adjustments would you make? I mean, maybe just play Cruel Summer the whole time. Maybe just make it like one long music video. Um, That'd that could be, be sick. I mean, it would be sick. I mean, it'd be real sick. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this movie is good. I mean, I think it's almost, I don't say perfect, but it, it's for what it is, it's really good. I mean, maybe you could, look, it's two hours and six minutes. That's a little long. I think you could cut out 
a few of the down moments. I wouldn't cut out, like you said, I wouldn't cut out the Miyagi scene, but you know, some of the other stuff's a little slow uh, at at times. I mean, some of like the, I, I think the, I think the training montage could be better. Like we talked about, it could, it could have yeah. shown like a clear, um, frankly, more karate. I mean, I get the point is that Miyagi's like teaching him all this other shit. He's like teaching him to balance in a rowboat, which will help him in the ring. But you know, maybe we see him, you know, sparring a little bit and getting better and better. I think something like that would probably help. I would have liked to have felt a little more confident with Daniel when he walked into the tournament building. I think that that would have helped the movie a little bit if you feel like, oh, he's got a shot to survive. Right. It makes it a little less implausible. And then, like I said earlier, I would have liked the scene from Karate Kid 2 at the end just because I prefer some resolution. I like watching my bad guys go down in a hail of gunfire. See, so- I, I disagree. I like how it ends. And I like, I like that they're just like, yeah, this is the end. And it's funny that they end it like they start the second movie like that. It's pretty funny. It's super 80. Like Teen Wolf kind of ends the same way. It ends on the basketball court with them celebrating the win. You ever see Teen Wolf 2 with Jason Bateman? No, I've been told my guest uh, who I covered, the guest who I covered Teen Wolf with, Jeff Perlman, has told me that I need to watch Teen Wolf 2 so we can, we can cover Teen Wolf. But I've heard some amazingly horrible things. I would just say, not to get off track, but I think Teen Wolf is like a decently good movie. Like it's it has like it's you know whatever it's good. It's fine. oh I don't hate it. It it holds up way more. No no no. Like I think it's pretty good. Like um, you know I, I still have like a nostalgic thing for it. Teen Wolf Two is just not a good movie. It's just like it's like bad. So it's like you know that's bad. Well, the Karate Kid is good. And I'm glad we covered it. Yeah, I'm glad we covered this one. Mike, thanks again for for giving me so much of your time. Tell the folks again where they can uh, catch all your stuff, especially 60-second classics. So if you're on Instagram, go to 60-second classics. Um, It's where I put all my videos. I do movie reviews, all that stuff. And then on Twitter, go to mcameralingo. Um, I'll I'll put the same stuff up there, plus a lot more other dumb stuff musings about the day and uh if there's a karate tournament on tv i'll live tweet it so you know you got more of that hell yeah well we'll uh i'll definitely have you back on for blood sport and i'm sure something else at some point soon but uh if you enjoy this episode of big screen sports as always please remember subscribe wherever you get your podcast take the take the time the real small amount of time to rate it leave a review it really helps the podcast uh, follow us on Twitter at big underscore screen sport, Instagram at big screen sports pod. Uh, you know, you catch uh, sports movie content, information on upcoming episodes, and we will catch you every Thursday. Thanks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.